0: You're tuned Into Tomorrow, right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642. Or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.
1: I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that.
0: How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On site.
1: Our geeks literally come on site. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered.
0: Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 855-399-9886. 855-399-9886. That's 855-399-9886. Welcome, Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services, and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. For the weekend of Friday, March 12th, 2021, during our 26th year on the air, which is pretty hard because i'm barely 29 myself <laughs> it, you're tuned into tomorrow you got your numbers backwards you, again my numbers backwards <laughs> i'm not 93 or 92 whatever. <laughs> I get, my math is off too <laughs> you know it's a good thing i can't reach you across this talk table with all the microphone booms and stuff in the way because well,
1: we have to maintain six feet of
0: of social distance oh yeah yeah we've done that since the beginning Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's probably how we both had the Rona. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, did I mention that I'm Dave Graveline? I'm Chris Graveline. Yeah. Did I also mention that we've got Beth from Naples as part of the team, Erasmo in South Beach, Kim in Coconut Creek, Horatio in New York City, and Nosomi in Hialeah Gardens, and Julio here in the control room, and we're all here for one purpose, to inform and entertain you. Some people might say that's two purposes. But I consider it one overall purpose inform and entertain. It's what we want to do. Right. Are we doing either? No. Oh, how about some tech news? And then we're going to get to some calls, too. We've got John standing by. Used to listen to us on CKLW until they started selling their weekends. Anyway, what do you got?
1: Twitter users in Russia will need to practice some patience every time they visit the website. oh. The country's communications authority has announced that it's slowing down Twitter's speed for failing to remove what they call illegal content and materials with prohibited information. So they're slowing down their speed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The decision comes shortly after Russia sued Twitter, Google, Facebook, and other websites for allegedly failing to delete posts urging children to take part in illegal protests, according to them, over the sentencing received by a prominent
0: critic of Vladimir Putin. Interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I guess that's one way to do it. Yeah. You could wonder if we can do that state by state. Cuz our state and others are going after big tech. Yeah. Well, no in this country they just shut platforms down. They don't slow them down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's still very bizarre. So Facebook is finally lifting its ban on political advertising that the social media giant instituted after the polls closed on election day back in November. The anti-social Facebook said it would allow advertisers to buy new ads about social issues, elections, or politics beginning this week. That, according to a copy of an email sent to political advertisers. Those advertisers must complete a series of identity checks before being heard and authorized to place the ads. In a blog post, Facebook said, we've heard a lot of feedback about this and learned more about political and electoral ads during this election cycle. Gee, do you think? As a result, they said, we plan to use the coming months to take a closer look at how these ads work on our services to see where further changes may be merited. Okay. Okay. Meantime, Facebook's Coordinated Inauthentic Behavior Report, (laughs) interesting (laughs) title, for February 2021, provides details on five networks that were removed from its platform, totaling 915 accounts, 606 Instagram accounts, 86 pages, and 21 groups. But the anti-social Facebook claims they are inclusive. You gotta wonder. Yeah. That's why I call them anti social
1: media. Well, Spotify is making it easier for you to parse your liked songs. The company's rolling out a new feature that'll let users filter their liked songs by genre and mood. Oh. This way you can enjoy more of what you like without compromising on the vibe that you're currently feeling. <laughs> yeah. To access the filters, you have to have at least 30 liked songs. You can then go to your library, tap into liked songs, and select a filter that's listed across the top. You can remove that filter whenever you'd like to swap out a new one. Mm -hmm. I've long wished for this feature on Amazon Music, which is the service I use, but Amazon doesn't seem to put as much thought into their music service as they do their other services.
0: Yeah, apparently. I'm just going to ask, do you use Spotify, and would that be helpful? Because you are a big music fan.
1: And, you know, I use Amazon Music, but it's kind of like the the redheaded stepchild of Amazon services.
0: True, true. Aye, aye, aye. Well, maybe it'll come in handy for some people. They'll at least have that opportunity to do mood and vibe selections. Alexa's latest Tell Me When update is designed to offer users reminders and follow-up tasks after an initial command. The feature can also connect with other apps as well as notifications for messages received from your contacts. Just what you want is to be re reminded from your own contacts of a previous message. Yeah, like I always say, if there's an email or a text that I send you with a question mark, it requires hitting
1: the reply button. Yeah, well, at least you've stopped what you used to do, and I'm, i don't, i shouldn't say this because you'll start it again, where you would resend an email with two purple question marks as you know in the top of it. Yeah, like yeah.
0: hello, what gives? It was the earlier version of WTF. Yeah. Yeah, okay. John, who now listens online, he says he used to listen all the time on CKLW, sends the following email. Chris, would you do your best imitation
1: of John? Um, sure. He says, uh, looking for video doorbell running only on battery power. Tried out a Ring Video Doorbell 3. Could not get it to hook up with Google or Alexa. Nope. Tech support
0: tried, but to no avail. Returned it, but still looking. Any suggestions? Well, John, you already tried one of the heavyweights in the market, so we'll suggest the other one. You can try Google's Nest. Their latest Google Nest Hello sells for around $200, and it's built to connect to Google Home. The most interesting selling point, if you will, for it is that it can recognize when a package is dropped off. So it will alert you of it being specifically a package
1: so you can go get it. And you can also try the Arlo smart doorbell. It's cheaper than the Nest, but have a look at the subscription they charge to access the recordings before you make any decision. If you had trouble connecting the ring to Alexa, you might want to make sure that your Wi-Fi connection reaches the door. The Ring should be able to interact with Alexa relatively easily since it's one of the main selling points. And if the issue is the network connection rather than the device, then you'll probably run into trouble with any smart doorbell you try.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of trouble with my various Ring devices. I mean, I've got 100 cameras all around my house, and we got about 200 all around the studios because we're very security conscious. But a lot of times they just haven't worked, or they're sending me false alarms all the time.
1: Yeah, my, my Ring cameras. I've got one on my. I've got the Ring doorbell. I've got a Ring overhead over my my walkway. And the theory is, I can tell Alexa, you know, show me the front walkway. But by the time it's able to connect to the Ring and actually bring the video up, I can just as easily walk outside and open the door and yeah. see what's going on,
0: or at least look <laughs> through the peephole. Yeah, <laughs> because you're waiting, you're waiting, you're wait, and then maybe she'll connect. Yeah. That persnickety Alexa. Uh-huh. Good heavens! What do you think? You got any questions, comments, concerns? Anything we can address for you? Eight hundred eight nine nine. Into 800 899 4686, or even better, the Into Tomorrow app.
2: Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper focused on growing businesses from digital marketing. To optimizing your sales efforts. Our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1 800 914 0245 today.
0: Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thank you for joining us now in our 26th year on the air covering the latest in consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We want you to participate on the program and you can do that anytime 24/7 by joining us. Of course, with our app is the easiest way, the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app. Or the old-fashioned way still works too, 800-899-INTO, 800-899-4686. Again, anytime at your convenience, 24-7. The 21st Annual Accenture Technology Vision Report shows how reliance on technology has forever changed expectations and behaviors across every industry. Joining us to discuss closing the digital gap for 2021 and into tomorrow, if you will, is the Managing Director for Accenture Technology Vision, Michael Biltz. Michael, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing fine. Thank you. And uh, uh, glad to have you with us. This is a fascinating report uh, where you really get into how every leader is a technology leader. But tell me a little bit about the report in general since you've been doing it for 21 years. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. no, I mean, so the the report is something we do each year. And what we've realized is that, you know, more and more it's not just tech companies that have to understand what's changing in the marketplace and. In- specifically with technology, I mean, really, it's everybody, is that there, there isn't any difference nowadays between a strategy and technology strategy. You know, you look at the investment, you know, that GM announced, they're doing like $27 billion, you know, into electric vehicles to change the whole fleet. You know, and you ask yourself that question that says, is that a technology strategy? Or is that that's their strategy? And the answer is nowadays, it's almost always the same thing. And so... What we do from a report perspective is that we recognize that, well, if this is going to be fundamentally driving every business strategy you know, that, that exists, is that we need to keep a pulse and keep tabs on what's changing year over year to make sure that everybody's prepared for us. And so that's what we do.
0: And Michael, interesting that you brought up that analogy, because the first time I interviewed the former Ford uh, CEO, uh, I asked him on the air, I says, so at this point, because we're talking so much about tech, do you guys consider consider yourselves you know a car company that also does tech or are you a tech company that happens to make cars and he actually paused for a minute and said you know that's a very good question and I'd have to say now we're a technology company that makes cars which I, I found fascinating but I guess it goes to your point about how it does affect every single industry
2: no I mean it, it really does and I think the the interesting part though about this year is that you know we're 20 years in on technology really outpacing businesses. And I think what's interesting about this year is is that when we looked at what's really changing in the market is the, yeah, the tech has changed a little bit, but suddenly we're looking at COVID as – changing and refacing the world almost in a fundamental way on, you know, what are our expectations? You know, what do we need? Where are we working? Do we have jobs? What's our economy look like? And so suddenly I think the role of technology has really switched is that it used to be the common trope to talk about technology as the disruptor in the marketplace. But now we're looking at technology less as that villain and more as the hero that says, as the world is being forced to change relatively rapidly, you know, how do we use technology in order to keep ourselves afloat?
0: Oh, I like that analogy, too. That makes perfect sense. And I know that the Tech Vision report every year has identified, uh, I guess, kind of the top technology trends that businesses need to heed in order to thrive. So I'm wondering what some of the main insights from this latest report are.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think we'll start with the, the overarching insight, which is this idea that says... You know, companies have to change their leadership, and I don't necessarily mean they need to change their people, but they have to change the way you know, and how they prioritize what they're trying to do with their company is that most companies have built themselves to where they are by being a master of optimization and scale that how do i optimize the process how do i figure out what my consumers want and scale it to as many people as quickly as i can and that works i mean it's created you know most of the the world and most of the companies around there you know but we're in this weird period because of covid right now that everything's changed i mean Mm -hmm. in under a year you know we suddenly have what like 225 million people globally who have lost their job and an an economy that's got a big question mark sit next to it yeah you know we're seeing individuals change that you know in the u.s i saw a report that says that now the majority of young adults now live with their parents which is the largest since the great depression you know things like public transit nobody wants to ride because it makes them feel unsafe you don't go to movies it's that the amount of change like in fundamentally of how we live our lives and even how we work, you know, is so much that the goal is no longer to try to perfect the business that you already have. Rather, it's how do I change my business as fast as I can in order to catch up with the rest of the world? And that's going to take a very different leadership style and a lot of different tools, you know, than what most companies are used to today.
0: It sounds like a, a, a mindset change has to take place is what you're describing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a mindset to, to, to start with, you know, but it's also a priority. I mean, because think about it is the, the conversation that you were talking about, you know, having with you know, somebody like Ford, it's a question that says they knew it was going to change. Mm-hmm. And they had, and they've been investing for a long time in things like electric vehicle or hydrogen fuel cells and all of the stuff you know, that we see and know where it's going. But the question has always been, how fast do I do it? And everybody's been prioritizing that says, all right, well, let's keep our current business, keep our current business, and then we're going to dabble and pilot and slowly on our own pace move to these new changes. And I think what we've seen now is that the world's changed so much as the – optimizing what you're doing today is not going to be do go well for your company because that's not where your customers are anymore and so suddenly what we see is that instead of these next generation things being small nice to have is that more and more companies are going wow my business as of today is going to rely on this you know and let me give you an example if you take somebody like a uh, starbucks is it Starbucks, you know, like every place else, is the, you know, when the pandemic really hit and when things closed, is that most of their stores closed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unlike most other people, though, is that they were already pretty well on their digital journey and they were able to quickly move to a point where all of their products, so coffee, yeah. Snacks and everything else, and all of their services basically moved into an online model. And I think they're currently doing about 90% of all of their business through their mobile app and through their drive through windows, which is a vast different change, you know, than what they've been doing in the past. You know, but to get to that is that suddenly you have to rap- rapidly, rapidly change the priorities of. Are the things that I'm doing that are innovative and new? Are they small things, or are they things that I'm trying to actually rapidly, you know, dole out, you know, very, very quickly? And is that my priority to do so? And I think for the first time, everybody's got a real fire under them that says, "I got to change, and I got to change quickly."
0: And it's interesting. Again, the uh, the vehicle manufacturing uh, industry has been so slow to change. In general, but certainly with technology over the years, that that's a very good example of how they've got to just snap to it and they've got to implement things. Again, that mindset change for not only that industry, but so many larger industries – Seem to take forever to change anything. I guess the bureaucracy, you know, of their multi levels of management and so forth, it doesn't happen overnight, like with a small business that says, okay, wait, I get it. We got to knock that wall down and put in a drive through window. (laughs) You know, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. no, it's exactly right. And I also think that most companies probably didn't realize that they could change this quickly, mm-hmm. you know, because that's actually been one of the surprises is that, you know, you look at something like uh, England's National Healthcare Service is that in a matter of weeks, and I mean like weeks under under a month, they enabled 1.2 million employees to work remotely. Mm-hmm. And if you had asked them prior to that whether or not they could do that, they would have told you no. Yeah. But once it became something they didn't have an option to do, you know, they've they surprised themselves. And I think, you know, when you combine that with the fact that I'm going to say everybody's more comfortable with change because they have to, because staying still is not necessarily your even near term not going to necessarily be your most profitable, you know, uh, state of being. You know, the fact that you have people who, you know, like my parents aren't really good with technology and don't particularly want to learn something new that are suddenly being forced to learn how to buy their groceries online and chat yeah. with people over zoom is that all of these things are really giving us, I think what I'm calling a, a free pass to innovate is that the barriers to being able to fundamentally do something new have never been lower than they are right now. Is government the public is the everybody's much more open to making big changes because we're not, not in a good place. And similarly, you know, all the bureaucracy in companies is that the people who are dragging their feet to say, "Ah, oh, I'm not sure we should do this or this is the right time." Is that suddenly it's like now is the right time to do so. You know, and I honestly think this is going to be an interesting opportunity. You know, for companies that we're not going to see any time in the near future to make some of the big changes that they've been thinking about, you know, but do it with a lot less of the heartache, you know, roadblocks and backlash, you know, that they, you know, would normally have.
0: We've got to pay a couple of bills real quick. So we're going to take a fast break and come right back and talk more with Michael Biltz, Managing Director of Accenture Technology Vision, as Into Tomorrow continues. people have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when
2: you buy four. 800-296-1440. 800-296-1440. Again, that's 800-296-1440.
0: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Welcome back into tomorrow. As always, I thank you for tuning in. I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with managing director of Accenture Technology Vision, Michael Biltz. The website for even more info, and we're going to continue our discussion, is accenture.com slash Tech Vision. And of course, we'll get you there when you hit us up at intotomorrow.com. But Michael, you talked a lot about uh, the pandemic and and how COVID-19, not to mention, I guess, other global events or not to forget them from the past year, but how did they shape your findings in this 21st year of your annual report?
2: I mean, I I think they honestly define our findings. Mm-hmm. You know, because because here here's the interesting thing that we had is that when we started this and you know we'll we'll take uh take ourselves to task for this, is that most years we come into the process of building a report like this thinking that we have a pretty good idea as to where things are going. And I think for the first time is the this year is that we started with a blank slate. Is that there's almost an amount of We don't even know what we don't know Mm -hmm. is that there's so much, you know, that has changed is that we're asking basic questions, you know, that says, is there going to be a percentage of students that are never going to go back to in-person schools? And that's never something that we assumed was going to be, you know, a, a big trend. True. You know, what percentage of workers are never going to go, actually go back to the office? You know, there is an interesting um, you know, trend that I'm seeing is the, um, I, the uh, Philippines and Manila is that they're actually paying people to leave the city. And so they're trying to start to reverse that migration pattern of people going from rural areas into the city. And we're starting to ask questions that says the, well, if we're talking about a pandemic, if we're talking about people being nervous in large gatherings, if we're talking about people being able to work remotely, the things that we've seen for so long that we feel like are driving, you know, our economy and the way people work and live is the, we're going to start to see some of those radically shift. And when those radically shift is the, we're going to see a lot of new and interesting things that I think are unexpected. And honestly, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a global tragedy and nobody wants to discount the enormous, horrible loss of life and jobs, you know, that we're seeing, you know, but I really do think that this is going to spark a level of innovation that we haven't seen in 50 years
0: another great point. I mean, look at the vaccines that have come up faster than anything in history. And and that kind of innovation makes perfect sense. And personally, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I spent a month in the hospital with and, and the Rona. And the interesting thing is you, you how you make reference to uh, people not really knowing, not having answers. Boy, that was the case with all the doctors and medical professionals I was dealing with. They were throwing everything at me because they didn't really Know what worked. And what if we try that? What if we do this? What if we stop that? And it was like I felt truly like a guinea pig, but whatever they were doing ultimately, thank God kept me off a ventilator and ultimately sent me home. And still suffering some symptoms five months later, believe it or not. But that whole concept of we don't know what we don't know, as you said earlier, is is a a perfect example of in the medical field, too, with what's happened this past year.
2: No, I, that's, that's exactly right. And and we're going to see this play out in, in so many scenarios because I think that we're so used to, um, I'm going to say, a mindset that says, oh, well, now that I can actually connect to my consumers out there is that I just have to ask them what they want. And then we'll be able to go from there and I can give it to them. Mm. and I don't think they know what they want anymore. I mean, you know, I mean, think about it is they take something ridiculously simple, you know, that we have that says, I miss going to the movies. But if you're going to ask me when things open back up, whether I'm comfortable going into a movie theater that has a 500 other people, you know, sitting close to me, I'm not sure that that's okay anymore. Yeah, and but you'll, you'll how want to would che- they change it? You want I to check
0: know. all of their vaccination cards
2: or something personally? I, we might. Yeah. I, know. I don't know. Do I do I need plexiglass between the seats? <laughs> oh, do I geez. need my own little small room? You know, do I just suddenly need them to rent out the movies to me for a private party? Do I need mm. to do it? You know, with you know my kids at school? Is I don't know what the answer is, and that's a strange place to be because what we're going to see start to happen is that companies are going to. Re- realize that we can define big problems and new problems, you know, in a way that I think, you know, has been really a challenge before because, you know, we're actually really looking at enough's changed that it's going to be different than what we thought it was going to be, you know, but companies are going to get an opportunity to rewrite the, you know, in this case, what the cinema experience is, you know, the another one that I've been thinking about, you know, back to the the car analogy is the I don't think people are going to trust public transit. I mean, public transit right now, ridership in the U S is down something like 65%. You know, the faith in the ability, you know, for people to stay safe, you know, and healthy in large crowded areas like a train or a bus, I think is, you know, very, very questionable, you know, and the question mark that says, well, what does that mean for the future of public transit? You know, and, you know what does that mean for how cities manage the flow of people in and out i don't think that there's an answer for that you know and i also don't think it's one that you just have to ask people what they want i think rather it's going to turn into you know people are going to create entirely new paradigms you know and then we'll see you know which vision of the future is the one that's going to stick
0: michael would you consider those kinds of things surprises from your tech vision report and were there others as well, I
2: mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are surprises that they, they, they are surprises. And the, I mean, honestly, there's there's so many things, you know, about, you know, about this that, that are new. But I think one of the basic surprises that I'll throw out there, you know, and, you know, maybe this is just me as I'm, I'm a little bit of a tech nerd is the I think most people are going to be surprised that the data and analytics that they're already doing is probably not good anymore. And what I mean by that is the, you know, people have been basing the decision off of what you're going to buy and where you want to travel to and stuff is that these are all based off of long term trends and real deep insights into your consumers over the last, you know, 10 plus years. And companies have spent enormous amounts trying to mock, you know, how people react to different things. For it, you know. But the reality is, is that I believe that there is enough of a difference in both, in terms of people's preferences, you know, how nervous they are going to be, you know, what their lives are, what their priorities are, and all of those unknown questions, you know, that I almost think that says that even though we're in a de- digital age where we're using technology and data to drive everything is that there's a certain amount of the we're going to have to do a reboot to basically flush all the data that we have out and then recollect it to figure out who this new population is, because I don't think that they're the same as the one that was there a year ago.
0: Interesting. And of course, a discussion that we've had for many years on our show is security and cybersecurity and just overall concerns, whether it be personal or business or otherwise, but security in general. Did that surface and, and become a major issue in your report as well?
2: It didn't. And, and I think this is the, the weirdness is of it is the everybody's getting a free pass. I mean, they, they, they really are, is that there's a certain amount of the, when the priorities came down to it, that says, you know, do I implement, you know, uh, remote work, for example, rapidly and quickly, or do I make sure that it's entirely secure? And for the moment, you know, it was a, let's get it out there, and let's get it out there fast, because we need to keep people in their jobs. We need to keep people productive and we need to keep the company and frankly, even the economy going. Mm. And so there's an amount of we're, we're seeing things like security take a little bit of a backseat just because of how fast that we're moving. Yeah. You know, now that being said, is the there is a, a a day of reckoning coming, and I think we're just starting to see that now as we're seeing, you know, more security breaches, you know, pop up. You know, we're seeing you know more things around, you know, fraud with things like. Um, you know, the, you know, payments from the the governments around the COVID reliefs is that, you know, all of these things, you know, are going to be there, you know, and I think that, yes, we have a little bit more leeway at the moment, you know, but we have to recognize that security to start with, and then I think, you know, responsibility and trust trust, you know, are going to be a a closely followed thing here that says, yes, we got to get through it, you know, but the scrutiny, because all of it's digital, so it's all being recorded, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to happen after this as to, you know, what companies did it right and what companies were acted in the best interest of their worker, their people and society, you know, is going to become very, very apparent.
0: And as we begin to wrap up uh, to that point, I want to know what trends do you view as perhaps most critical to focus on, especially for companies?
2: I mean, honestly, the 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 most the one that I'll throw out here that I think is the most important, you know, maybe a little bit of the, the most boring, but I think it's the our stack strategically trend. And this is really the idea that says the, if you can't separate your technology strategy from your business strategy, you have to recognize that the choices that you make today and what you're investing in and how you're building your systems they're either going to be accelerating or you're going to be fighting against those choices for your strategy for the future and so you know doing things you know um, I'm going to say you know with just an eye to the short term you know has a potential to cripple your company going forward you know in a day where you know technology is really going to mean you know the difference between leading your industry you know and falling far behind.
0: Closing the digital gap for 2021 and beyond, you've got to check out the 21st annual Accenture Technology Vision Report, and you can do that by visiting Accenture.com slash Tech Vision. Again, we'll get you there too when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Managing Director for Accenture Technology Vision Michael Biltz, thank you for spending uh, these minutes with us. Fascinating insight and we look forward now to the 22nd report. Maybe some good changes have occurred when we can chat with you again next
2: time. Thanks for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. Again, Michael Biltz, Managing Director of Accenture Technology Vision. And that's where you want to go, Accenture.com slash Tech Vision, to check out this report, Masters of Change at a Moment of Truth, because leaders are wanted. I'm Dave Graveline, bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy
1: to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just twelve dollars a month. Go to blueberry dot com. That's B L U B R R Y dot com to start your free trial.
0: Here's another Into Tomorrow tech tidbit you may not have known. When Play-Doh was first developed in the 1930s, it wasn't a toy. It was a way to clean wallpaper. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a tech tidbit. Isn't it? It is. All right.
1: Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. Text RADIO to 35000 to get more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. It's time for our
0: history, feature. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this, they look back at IFA's historic past. Here's Chris Graveline. line. EFA history, EFA, EFA history, EFA history history history, 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 history.
1: Traffic information is always getting better and is constantly updated. With the introduction of a traffic message channel at the International Funkausstellung in 1997, car radios with TMC reception got updated information continuously. I know nothing, nothing! Well, then you need a car radio with a traffic message channel. There you go! The information was stored internally and could be retrieved any time, acoustically or via the display. TMC is still an essential element of dynamic navigation systems today, which use the updates to find the best way around a traffic jam. (laughs) That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com.
0: Very cool. Tim in Anchorage, Alaska, listens on 700 AM KBYR, Alaska Talks Here, sends this email. How would you recommend one protect a list of passwords? Keep them in your pocket at all Mm -hmm. times. Not realistically, though, but Tim, if you want to, you can encrypt the file But if this is just passwords, your best bet is to get a dedicated password manager. Now, password managers are built specifically to store your passwords securely and can suggest new strong passwords as well. Some will also alert you if one of your passwords has been compromised in a data breach, for example, so you know to update it before anything bad can happen. Yeah, there are many po- very popular subscription-based options like 1Password
1: and LastPass, but there are also free versions that you can use if you're not ready to pay for a yearly fee for the protection. Some of the free offerings include Avira's Password Manager and Bitwarden. Now, if you do switch to a free version, keep an eye out for the free up-to-one device or similar phrasing. The ones we mentioned are just free for personal use. There are paid team plans that allow multiple users, but some are only free on one device as a hook to get you to pay to get access on your phone or other devices as well. Ah,
0: but Tim, good question, and I'm glad you're thinking that way because it is very important. Uh, I think I've said many times on the show, I don't think I said it, I have said many times on the show that I use a Word doc that I password protect and store all of my passwords in it. So hopefully making it difficult because it's password protected. And then I use some various and sundry methods of my own within the passwords that tell me what I mean without giving the password. Yeah. So even if somebody got into my file, they're still going to have to guess. Yeah. And I
1: have a, a note on my iPhone with my passwords because my iPhone, you need my face or my code to get in it. And my phone's always on me anytime. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, it's not really the most secure because I could be doing it better, you know, especially if I get one of these apps that, to do password managers. But that's you know what I do.
0: Uh, okay, well, maybe you want to consider one of these free apps and manage your passwords more. Now, I like when they also suggest a much more complicated password. Great, just what I need. I can't remember the ones I have. But don't use password or 1234 or anything or like that. your kid's
1: name or yes. your pet mm-hmm. names, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Anything that can be found on anti-social media, stay away from as passwords. Yeah. Into com. we've got more tips for you there. It's the Into Tomorrow radio broadcast, and we thank you for tuning in. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of
1: Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Dexcom. Always know where your glucose is headed and how fast. Visit
0: dexcom.com. James in Grenada, is it? Grenada? Grenada? Potato, potato? Mississippi. He listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, James. Yeah, I'm uh, interested in repeaters.
1: Uh, I don't know that they're called repeaters anymore, but... Signal boosters for commercial trucks. If you don't know anything about those, I'd love to hear about it and what you recommend.
0: Well, James, WeBoost has a line of devices designed just for what you're asking about. There's a fairly big range in prices, though, from a couple of hundred to around 500 It all depends on both the kind of truck you want to wire up and where you drive
1: it. Now, for example, a Drive Sleek is pretty small, and it retails for about 200 bucks. but a Drive Reach is more powerful and meant for multiple users, and it'll cost you about $500. Both of these work for cars, but they also sell boosters that are designed specifically for RVs or box trucks. They won't necessarily cost you more money. A DriveSleek OTR for box trucks retails for $280. Now, if you're looking for something that would allow you to track the vehicles, they do have fleet-specific devices, but we can't help you much there because those seem to be package deals, and the price is generally negotiated directly with them.
0: Yeah. So, James, if you need this info and more of it, visit us at intotomorrow.com. Look for the show for the weekend of March 12th, Hour 3, You'll have uh, your call and our answers for anyone else who's looking for similar information. When you participate, you can win fabulous prizes. We've got goodies for you. For example, TurboTax codes. We've got uh, Jabra earbuds. We've got Benji Lock bike locks and a whole bunch of other stuff. And when you visit us at intotomorrow.com, do sign up for our free once-a-week tech newsletter. At intotomorrow.com, you can put your uh, email address in the red box. And Voila. You'll be getting another email. It's a, called a double opt in thing because we don't spam anyone. So click that subsequent link and you're in. And you'll get Beth's tech tip every week. Uh, our friends from PC Mag provide stories every week. A lot of good stuff. Oh, and some tech news. Go figure. In the tech newsletter.
1: We yeah. may even have some thoughts to make you smile or think or just uh, scowl.
0: Okay. At <laughs> intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7...